You want to say it at the same time? What's up, Badger Nation? That's exactly what it, All what right. it is. Are you ready? All right. Three, two, one. What's, what's going up, on, Badger, Badger Nation? Nation? You said, what's up? What's going on, Badger what's Nation? What's going My on? Bad. I thought it was what's up. <laughs> Well, we just got to roll with it now. All right, uh, what's going on? Yes, very special episode of the PPC Den podcast. Your source for all things Amazon advertising tips, tricks, and strategies to make your life easier and make your campaigns sing a little brighter. Uh, today, I'm super stoked to have my dear friend, friend of the show, friend of the company, Stephen, Mr. Stephen Knock. Stephen, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Thanks, Michael. I am stoked to be here. It's good to be uh, catching up with you a little bit, hearing how things are going. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been some time, so I'm really excited about to uh, about today's topic and excited just to be back on the show. Yes, very special episode talking about reading the tea leaves of your Amazon PPC metrics, understanding them, being able to really understand the story of what your numbers are telling you. And Stephen, I got to say, look at this plant, this forest behind you that you really have still growing. If anyone wants to go back and look up old episodes of the show, that was just a, a little sapling so long ago and it's grown to what's it like being a, a hashtag plant daddy? <laughs> well, uh, you know, this little guy, I forget what I named him. I think I named him Gerald. Um, he's a trooper. I do not water him that much. And he is, uh, he's surviving for anyone just listening to the podcast without the visuals. He's a full leaved fiddle leaf fig. And, um, I think back uh, a while ago when I first got, when I first started getting into plants, I had this one palm plant that was, you know, every week just slowly wilting every podcast episode <laughs> just like getting weaker and weaker till he eventually died but gerald hang in there so hung in there beautiful story what a story of hope for anyone out there having a, a down day you just got to believe um well it probably gets that beautiful ocean mist in california over there which people people probably listening are like that would kill the plant because it's salty. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So it's great to have you back on the show. Let's get into our topic today, which is reading the tea leaves of your Amazon PPC metrics. And a lot of times whenever I start planning one of these episodes, I always ask people like, what are you super excited to talk about? And this topic, like after hearing you explain it, I'm pretty stoked to talk about this one. Um, so tell me a little bit about your like, your inspiration for this episode today? Yeah, so I've been um, doing some uh, consulting for uh, just different Amazon sellers, but also a couple um, Amazon PPC agencies helping out train up some of their PPC managers. And um, one of the simplest things that I think for um, client satisfaction, uh, if you so if you're a PPC manager uh, and you you know are facing a lot of clients in order to like really boost that customer satisfaction and get them pleased with the results, um, you know, telling them click-through rate is up 10% or down 10% doesn't really give them a lot of significance or meaning or really any like kind of uh, application of what to do with that. And so being able to tell a, tell a story with the data in a way that makes sense to the client, I've just found is usually a way to really boost customer satisfaction. Like, you know, you can see that your uh, A cost just goes through the roof but if you can explain to the to the client why that is, they won't be upset with you, and, and you know they won't blame you for bad performance. If you can explain through the data, like oh, we were going after this keyword, or you know, so 
I don't want to get ahead of myself, but um, yeah, I just was kind of noticing that a lot of uh, either Amazon sellers or even PPC managers don't always know how to draw out significance or insights from the data, just the cold hard data and ratios and percentages that they see. And so, um, yeah, I just thought this was a good topic that I've been thinking a lot about and um, yeah. Glad to talk more about it. You know, this is, it's such a vital skill to be able to extrapolate and interpret numbers. And it really is like interpreting tea leaves, uh, you know, looking at something that is very geometric and being able to see it and tell a story from it is very similar to Amazon advertising because, you know, I've, I meet so many different people doing Amazon advertising, whether they have a really analytical background or they don't, or they're just getting into it, or they've been doing it for a long time. And there's definitely a divide between people that look at these metrics, you know, click-through rate, conversion rate, CPC, ACOS, look at these metrics and it ends there, or it goes from like, that's a CTR and then it almost like whether or not it's good or bad or like what the issue is, like almost is like generated from within as opposed to like knowing where to look and how to interpret it. So I've definitely seen like huge valleys uh, where a lot of times you might feel overwhelmed by looking at all these metrics. So being able to like calmly and coolly, coolly look at these metrics, uh, it really can help you out in your confidence with like advertising on Amazon, as well as actually being able to take action. So like that feedback loop of like looking at data, taking action, it's so important. So we have a couple metrics here. Um, what are the metrics we're gonna be digging into today? Yeah, so they're all gonna be uh, ratio metrics, so nothing just about spend or sales or any, any hard things like that, but they're all ratios. So it's click-through rates, conversion rates, cost per click, and then your ad cost of sales, your ACoS. Hmm. Awesome. So without further ado, like let's start with click through rate and walk me through like how you think about these, how you think about click through rate and like maybe how a lot of people think about click through rate, maybe in a way that could be elevated. Sure. So, uh, and I should say, I should preface with all of these metrics, you know, one of the questions you a lot of people are always asking themselves, is this good or bad? Um, a lot of times oh, yeah. comparing, comparing usually just they want to see growth. Um, they want to see, you know, everything go up or whatever um, year over year. And, you know, I think one of the most useful tools is, um, or yeah, I mean, some of the content that you guys put out, Michael, um, you know, you do a good job of regularly updating kind of the PPC um, stats for Amazon, mm -hmm. you know, kind of what's the average click-through rate as you're seeing across, uh, you know, the Ad Badger database. And all that stuff is extremely useful and insightful um, for drawing benchmarks, letting you know how you line up. But, you know, let's just say, uh, I mean, what's the latest? The average click-through rate, I think, you know, back when I last saw it, it was like 0.3 something percent. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's like on a whole, every everything. Yeah, everything 0.3%. So you're looking at your account and, you know, let's just say you're an Amazon seller and you see you have a 0.2% click-through rate. Is that good or bad? You know, you're below average. Like, what does that mean? The purpose of this is to try to answer those questions. And so I guess one thing I'm curious to hear from you, Michael, is, is how would you define, you know, click-through rate if we were going to, yeah, I don't know, it might be nice to kind of have our own little, uh, for each of these metrics, like how you would define it. Not Not quite as just like, you know, clicks of my impressions, you know, but like if it was more of like 
if you were writing a novel about click-through rates, mm-hmm. how would you how would you describe it? Mm. If I was writing a novel about click-through rate, um, what would the book yeah. be called? <laughs> Metrics and Me. And it would be like a probably uh, maybe a children's book. No, it, I feel like click through rate. If I if I were to personify click through rate, yeah. it would be kind of a uh, Napoleon type character, like uh, you know somebody who's like not as important as like ACOS, but like wants to be like wishes they were a little bit, or maybe like a hall monitor. A hall monitor? <laughs> because they're kind of, you know, they're like, or or even a bouncer. This is a rapidly evolving uh, a character, like like a From bouncer. From Napoleon to a hall yeah. monitor. I'm developing. It's, 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 it's developing. I would say it's, it's a little bit of like a bouncer, right? Because like they decide whether or not your entire click journey even happens. Okay. Right. I like that one. I like the totally. bouncer. Yeah. He's at, the, he's at the door. He's deciding whether or not your conversion journey actually right. kicks off. Yeah. If you okay. if you can't get your clicks, you're not going anywhere. That's the best one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. He's kind of the um, the the gate gatekeeper who kind of you know checks people in or out at the door. Um, yes. Yeah. So you know, obviously, you know, usually the higher the click through rate, you know, if this was like any other ad platform, you know, because PPC is on multiple platforms, usually, you know, increasing your click through rate is showing that you are more relevant, right? Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be keyword relevance. It's uh, the metric of first impressions. You know how how well do you come off at a first glance? Your leading image, your product title, your pricing, all those kinds of things. But the main insight that to me more than anything else, what click through rate tells me is where where are the majority of my impressions serving? Uh, so you know if you, I mean, and the reason why is because if you crack open any other campaign. I know we've talked about this, you know, long time ago, like over a year ago, we were talking pretty extensively on like product uh, ad placements, mm-hmm. whether that's on top of search, product pages, or rest of search. And actually, Michael, I think I heard on another episode, um, you were talking with Michael Tejeda about uh, the ad badger devs potentially putting together kind of a global summary of ad placements. You know what I'm talking about? Mm, that I, sounds, I heard you that guys sounds very that. true. Yeah, I think I heard you guys mention that a few weeks ago. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that report coming out if if uh, you guys still have the bandwidth to produce that because, you know, in any given campaign, just from what I've seen in general, you know, click through rates at top of search can be probably somewhere between two to five percent. Of course, it could swing wildly up to twenty five percent depending on if it's a brand defense campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, around two to five percent I've seen as a pretty normal click through rate for top of search. Whereas for product pages, uh, click-through rates usually tend to drop to like 0.01%. You know, they just really fall off the map. And so then your campaign average click-through rate is going to just be the average for, you know, all of those different ad placements. And if you just count out how many how many impressions serve at top of search, it's usually two or three, sometimes four ads. On a product page, it can be like 48 different ad placements on a product page. They just go on endlessly. So you have these carousels that you can scroll through, you know. So just by nature of, you know, sheer volume, just the waiting, uh, 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 waiting, W-E-I-G-H-T, waiting, the waiting of uh, click-through rate between product pages versus top of search, you know, you just, you get so much more volume at product pages that naturally it's gonna pull your entire click-through rate down on your campaign. 
So someone else is looking at their campaign and saying, wow, the average click-through rate is 0.3% and here I have a 4% click-through rate. Like this campaign's killing it. Well, it's probably just that, you know, maybe that you have a very aggressive top of search bid on that uh, campaign. And so you're, or maybe it's a brand defense campaign. So you're naturally getting a lot more volume up there. So uh, to me, click-through rate for a campaign more tells me about where the ads are displaying. If it's a higher click-through rate, you're probably getting more top of search clicks. Uh, if it's, or I should say impressions, getting more top of search impressions versus other placements. Um, sorry, I was just rambling there, but yeah. What, what do you think about that? Like defining click-through rate more as an indicator of where ads are displaying over first impressions. Right. Yeah, I'm thinking a lot of like, you know, the, the this concept of like, your click-through rate is white light. And when you put white light through a prism, you see all the colors of the rainbow. Uh, so like sure. your, your click-through rate is going to be a number, 0 0.3. And the true power of that is being able to say like, you know, why is it 0 0.3? And it's like, you can unwind that. You can <clears throat> put that light through that prism and then begin to see, oh, you know, my top of search is is a my product pages are b and my rest of search is c and that can be really powerful at telling you things like you know am i weighted too heavily on any one of them or should i be thinking differently about anything like that should i try to engineer my campaigns in a way that i'm you know isolating some of these mm, placements a little bit differently so i can like better control my ads and, and things of that nature so yeah, that, that's a really interesting point. Again, that CTR is actually a combination of like where you have appeared. And man, I really wish Amazon had like better placement information, you know, just kind of lumping everything together as product pages and lumping everything together as like rest of search. It'd be cool to like actually see the number pos numbered position uh, pretty easily. Um, I know, right? It'd be so mm -hmm. cool to see if you're rank one at top of search versus rank two at top of search and get some more analysis there. But um, I do actually want to backpedal a little bit because I think I might have given off the uh, impression oh, that, yeah. uh, uh, that click-through rates don't uh, signify any kind of that, you know, initial appearances, product strength right, at take first it back glance. To that. Yeah, that. so it absolutely does. I, I guess I'm thinking more click-through rate at the campaign level isn't gonna give you that information as much. So you really wanna dive down in to the actual campaign placements for, or the, the ad placements for that campaign. And you wanna compare your click-through rates at that level. Cause if you're just summing up the average of the campaign's click-through rate as a whole, I was trying to think of a, that's almost, I couldn't think of a good analogy. <laughs> but um, you know, I, that's why I was kind of excited to see, you know, what, what the Ad Badger devs are able to dig up when they, you know, get the opportunity to look into those kind of global performance averages and summaries for, you know, campaign by placement. Because, you know, I I referenced earlier, you know, a good click-through rate for top of search is like between two to five percent. But, you know, I've seen it get up to 15%, 20%. You know, so that's going to start begging more questions that we're going to be getting into as we start interpreting, um, you know, talking about how to interpret more of these KPIs. But yeah, you really want to kind of, if you do have a 0.3% click-through rate for a campaign and you open it up and you see that 
100% of your impressions came from top of search and you had a 0.3% click-through rate at top of search, then yeah, that's a pretty bad click-through rate, click rate for top of search, uh, all mm-hmm. things considered. So Yeah. Shall we kick it on down to CVR? Let's do it. Cool. Conversion rate. All right. Now, now I'm going to ask you, if you were to personify conversion rate, to do it. Yeah, I would... Uh, man, I've got two different novel ideas I could do if I was doing a book on conversion rate. Lay it out. Number one would be like a, like a romance. Oh, here we go. A romance novel of here like a guy go. trying to woo a girl. Here we go. Um, option number two is going to be something a lot as creative, but like a salesman. Just yeah. like, you know, some... Uh, uh, what was that Will Smith movie about? He was like a salesman. The, oh, Pursuit he, of Happiness? Yeah, maybe. I thought you were referring to the one he did with um, Kevin James. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. he's done a lot of he's done a lot of movies. That wasn't too uh, uh, specific, but yeah, it's. I mean, to me, the the CVR is kind of like the KPI of salesmanship. You know, how strong are you at closing the deal? Let me ask you this, kind of going off track a little bit, Michael. Do you think any of these metrics are or can be vanity metrics? Between click through rate conversion rate CPC and ACOS. And of course, just to define vanity metric, it's a metric that might make you feel good, but does not have an impact to the bottom line. Uh, Straight up profitability. Uh, Is conversion rate one of these vanity metrics? I wanna say no, I think the answer is no. Uh, However, I could see people, it's not a primary metric because again, you're, your targeting could be, you could have a very tight, tight campaign, right? Like if you're only running, like optimizing for a hundred percent conversion rate won't improve your profitability. Cause like, then you would just turn off everything and only let your keywords run on your branded terms, right? And yeah. you have the most massive conversion rate. So yeah, it's like a give and take between like conversion rate and volume. So like you imp- you increase your volume, you go you go in, you 10x your budgets, you 10x the amount of keywords that you're going after, you 10x all these things. Conversion rate will go down, sales will go up, but your aid cost will probably go up too. So, but then you would pare it down and improve yeah. your conversion rate. So yeah, so th- th- these are my thoughts. Is that where you were going with that? Uh, I wasn't going anywhere with it. I was just curious to hear your thoughts because yeah. I was thinking of a book title. Um, that I, well, I'm planning on getting this book and reading it eventually, but it's called, it's titled, um, how to lie with statistics. And, you know, I think it's pretty, just the title itself is pretty thought provoking. The, the idea behind it basically being how it could be anything from like COVID stats, whether, whatever your opinions are, if you're for COVID or against COVID, you know, the point is who's for COVID. (laughs) (laughs) I'm rooting for the virus. Yeah. For the people that are for the virus versus against it. Right. uh, Anybody can pull up metrics and and tell any story that they want. Um, And so even with like something like conversion rates, you know, if you are a PPC manager, you can easily, you know, skyrocket your ROAS with along with your conversion rates by suddenly just shifting everything to brand defense or um so yeah just it can be deceiving i wouldn't say it's like a vanity metric but like it can be deceptive but you know at the end of the day the conversion rate you know is essentially just how strong your product is your product offering is at closing the deal to the customer and really for any of these metrics uh i think it'd probably be best just for the smoothness of the of the conversation and kind of to consolidate information 
to assume everything is only going after relevant non-brand keywords because you know of course if we start talking about going and leaning really heavily into brand or going into conquesting or going after super top of funnel stuff you know the story on all these things changes but at least within you know if you are selling if you're selling iphone chargers and you're bidding on the keyword iphone charger and you have a two percent conversion rate you know now you can you know, what that would tell me is conversion rate is how your product offering compares to your competitors. So it's really kind of a, the market telling you, uh, the market's telling you kind of your comparison to others in the marketplace. You know, someone with 30, 30% conversion rate, which I've seen it before on some non-brand keyword, they're like a number one bestseller and everybody knows it. And so they get 30% of the market share for a certain keyword. I think it's interesting too, because, you know, Quarter four is coming up and like CPCs have gone up this year a lot. And I've been fielding some questions from people of like, hey, what would happen if I were to cut my budgets in half? Like just to get some of this money back, for example, or what would happen if I did blank? And I think conversion rates are really interesting one to look at because it's it's a combination of two separate things. Like on one hand, it's like the targeting. And then the other, it's like how likely that targeting will convert combined with your product's offering. So then I think you get into these scenarios where if you are looking at conversion rate and you see it going down, that could be one of two things. Like one, the product offering isn't as competitive as it once was, or it could mean you've expanded your keyword uh, breadth. You know, you're going after a whole bunch of more keywords. You've expanded out past the the cool waters of branded traffic, and now you're in like the, the the deep water of single word generic terms for your industry, right? So you're like expanding the depth at which you're targeting keywords, um, or your product maybe is becoming a little less competitive compared to the competitors. So like when you combine both of these things, conversion rate it's like difficult to know just by looking at conversion rate, what's the story? So like, that's where knowing the story of your campaign is so vital. Like, did you just add 500 you know, new keywords? Then that's something that would probably lower your conversion rate. You know, did you just launch, did you not launch 500 keywords? Did you not change your targeting too much, but your conversion rate's going down? That could be an indicator that a competitor has moved into your territory, right? So it's like, when I think of conversion rate stories, like I think of those two things, like did yeah. my targeting change or did my products competitiveness change yeah and for any of these metrics and I, I uh and for conversion rate in particular i really like to strip things down to the bare bones and make things you know just like obtusely simple mm -hmm. and so you know conversion rate is just orders divided by clicks and so if you want to increase your conversion rate you either need to increase your orders or decrease your clicks mm-hmm you know, so like you were saying, if you start launching a bunch of new, you know, uh, keywords or a bunch of new auto campaigns, you're going after doing some more keyword research and you're casting a wide net. Yeah, naturally, you're trying to draw in more clicks. You're going to see your conversion rate drop as a result. Um, if you can, you know, just, re you know, negative search term a couple items that weren't converting and cut out a couple clicks uh, without decreasing the orders, you're going to see your conversion rates rise, you know, or if you, if you can you know, find out that like, oh, my conversion rates tend to be a little bit higher at top of search. Let me try to, 
target top of search a little bit more aggressively. You know, if you can now increase the number of orders per click without increasing the number of clicks, just by kind of shifting up the ad placement, you'll see uh, your conversion rates rise as well. So yeah, at the at the at its simplest form, it's you just either decrease your number of clicks or increase your number of orders. From what I've found, usually decreasing your number of clicks comes through, you know, optimizing your campaigns, increasing your number of orders. Could also come from campaigns, but it tends to be a little bit more of a, uh, um, I think, a product listing issue. You know, better images, better title. Uh, you could just go after higher converting keywords. You know, but to me, it's conversion rate. I don't know. Tell me what you think, Mike. But to me, conversion rate usually tells me a little bit more about the product listing itself. If we're assuming that our keywords are relevant, not not you know a bunch of broad match stuff. Yeah, right. Like showing up for relevant terms needs to be table stakes. It needs to be something that everyone does. Everyone has dialed in. So then it's like, yes, you're right. Product performance, product market fit, those kinds of things uh, needs to be always an improvement. Like the most successful people that we know on Amazon are like doing both things at once. You know, they'll have a PPC person generally like working on all the PPC stuff and then some kind of product person working on making sure the product is putting its best foot forward. Shall we move to the next one, CPC? Uh, and since I asked you to personify it the last time, would you like me to personify yeah. CPC? Yeah, you take it away. Uh, first reaction, I want to say some kind of banker, mm. but that's like so obvious because like they're in charge of like money in such a big yeah. way. Like the Monopoly, uh, Monopoly yeah. cartoon character. <laughs> that's the dude. Um, so yeah, so CPC, telling the story of CPC and you know, 2021, I think the story of rising, I think this is like, we're coming out of the summer of rising CPCs. Almost everybody has higher CPCs now than they did last year. It's absolutely bonkers. So CPCs have definitely gone up a lot. So very relevant question. You know, what I think is so key with all these metrics is like being able to track them and be aware, has it gone up or gone down? Because I've been on calls before with people and they're struggling, like, why is my CPC, why is my um, ACOS not as good now as it was in the past? And it's like, boom, first thing, you just go to like lifetime CPC and like watch it have gone up by like 20%. Totally. Yeah. Um, it's one of the like easiest things to do. So if anyone's out there struggling with why is this ACOS so high, going to lifetime CPC, looking at that, at that trend line could tell you everything you need to know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, well, we'll get into it uh, on the next one, but ACOS, but like to me, like ACOS or ROAS is really just a function of conversion rate plus CPC, right? right. Because um, yeah, if, if ACOS is ad cost of sales, your CPC is essentially your ad cost and then your conversion rate, or, you know, I like how ad budget does like the revenue per click mm -hmm. is your sales. You know, so it's ACOS is just your cost per click over your revenue per click, or, you know, we can use conversion right here. So, you know, those are the two most important metrics um, to try to dig in and identify. Um, I've actually found that being able to uh, communicate, you know, when a client has really aggressive goals and is saying, we want to be showing up in this search, this search, that search. And then they're like, 
you know, how come my ACOS is spiking, blah, blah, blah. And then like, we need to pull ACOS down. And then you end up in these long conversations of a frustrated client, a frustrated PPC manager, where they just can't align on goals and they're flip-flopping flip-flopping back and forth between trying to grow revenue, but not being comfortable with like the ACOS and everything. And as soon as you just bring up like, you know, lay it in front of the customer, show them the CPCs for the keywords that are important and show them the conversion rates that you have. And, you know, I love doing that with a, uh, with a client because it is completely out of the hands of the PPC manager. They are not responsible for any performance. If they're looking at the CPC, you know, let's just say you, you sell coffee mugs and you're looking at coffee mug exact match and you're saying we have a 1% conversion rate and a $2 CPC. Um, you know, it's, you just lay it in front of them and say, there's nothing I can do. This is the market price. You know, the CPC is, I like to think of it as like the market price for a keyword. And the conversion rate is like, what happens when we direct traffic to it? Now, you and I know that like, you can maybe try to get really granular and, and nifty and try to do some single keyword campaign or whatever, but let's leave that out of the conversation for now. My point being is that when you just address the CPC with a client, or if you know, you've been managing your own campaigns and you're frustrated with the performance and you look at the CPCs and like you said, Mike, if you just see them kind of creeping their way up, you know, maybe your conversion rate stayed flat, but just those, those raising CP, rising CPCs cause your uh, ACoS to go through the roof. But the story that I think CPCs tell uh, is mainly just what the competition is doing, what you're doing. And, you know, assuming that you don't change the bids, you know, if, if you are seeing your CPCs rising, you might be having dynamic bids up and down turned on. You might be getting more top of search placements that you weren't previously getting before. Lots of different things in there that can impact the CPCs. But one of the, I think, least known things that people really talk about is the idea of um, keyword relevancy to, and the CPC and how Amazon will either charge you a premium on your CPC or a discount based on how relevant your product seems to be. Have you noticed that? For a long time, for sure. Um, yeah, and I, we've talked about it before uh, on the show, the sort of hidden relevance metric uh, does like, which I think basically answers the question, like does Amazon like that you are bidding on this keyword? Like, do they like your product? Do, do they like putting it in front of customers? Uh, does it convert well for them? Um, and, you know, other platforms list this out for you. Facebook ads calls it a relevance score. Google ads calls it a quality score. Amazon decides to not tell us <laughs> what it even yeah. is. Um, but it's like, you can definitely see it. You know, anytime you hear stories of people saying, man, I'm bidding, Six dollars. I'm getting no clicks. A lot of times, to me, that sounds like, hey, maybe you're bidding on a keyword, or you haven't told Amazon yet that you are relevant for that keyword. Yeah, like, there like, might be something missing. Yeah, is that keyword in your in your product title? Um, I think the simplest uh, way to kind of demonstrate this is you'll always notice that bidding on your brand is cheap, and bidding on a competitor's brand is expensive. Right. You know, Amazon doesn't necessarily know that this keyword is a branded keyword and this is your brand. Mm -hmm. um, all they know is that the keyword is in your product title, you know, um, or it, at least all over the product page. Right, and, and the actual brand, the self brand has a click-through rate that's astronomical and a conversion rate that's astronomical. Right. And then you're trying to bid on it and your conversion rate is in the dumps and your click-through rate is in the dumps relative. And then Amazon's just like, well, you're not relevant for this. Like, why would we, you know, discount right. you? 
Because mm-hmm. Amazon wants to present, you know, the best possible customer experience to Amazon shoppers and wants to pr- put relevant ads in front of them. And so if your ad is coming across as not that relevant, not that strong of a conversion rate, doesn't have the competitor's brand name in your product title, then they're going to charge you a premium. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the same kind of goes even for generic keywords if you just don't have the history there. So sometimes I do think of, you know, bidding on those non-brand keywords with really high CPCs as an investment that over time you'll see those CPCs kind of come down as you start kind of earning some favor from Jeff Bezos. Uh, but it's not usually a significant amount. You know, it might your CPCs might drop from $2 to $1.80 or something like that. But one other thing I did notice, Mike, uh, when optimizing, a, working on a campaign was, you know, we had a 12 pack product and a 24 pack product. And, you know, the client, because the CPCs for top of search were so expensive, the client wanted to, you know, aggressively promote the 24 pack um, mm-hmm. since it had a p- higher price point, thinking that would be better. Um, you know, I ultimately thought it was a bad idea. We wanted to test it. It <laughs> did end up being a bad idea. Um, but one of the reasons why that was a bad idea was, number one, you know, not as high of a click-through rate because of the, um, just because of the higher price point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the second thing is that the CPCs were actually different. Uh, the CPCs mm. for the cheaper product, and I've, I've since noticed this in other areas, but uh, if you have two of the exact same product, one is just like an upgrade or an upsell, if you rotate those in your ad group, you put one in and then put the other one out, if you're like creating a new ad group, you'll notice the CPCs actually fluctuate. Amazon tends to kind of charge a little bit of a premium on higher price point items because I think they're assuming that you have a better margin there and so you can afford it. But the 12-pack product, um, the average AOV for the 12-pack product campaign was actually closer to like uh, uh, the 24-pack the price point. So let's just say one was $12, one was $24. The uh, Gazoontite. <laughs> Mike muted himself, but he sneezed and I, I blessed him anyways. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, let's just assume the 12-pack is $12, the 24-pack is $24. You know, the, the average AOV... Uh, I said average twice, but the the average AOV for the 12 pack campaign was about $20 because a lot of people were upgrading to the 24 pack to get mm. the the bang for buck. But the 12 the the 12 pack with the pre with the cheaper price point was a much better introductory kind of click through rate thing. Amazon gave it lower CPCs because it was a lower price point item and maybe because it was doing well, it also got a little bit of a discount on top of that. But we still got closer to the you know the average order value of the twenty four pack. So are you making yeah? Are you making a case for single product campaigns even with variations? Uh, I mean single product ad groups all the way. I will die mm-hmm. on that hill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> single product campaigns. Uh, I don't know. Depends. Mm-hmm. Maybe overkill. Yeah, I mean this particular client had a smaller smaller selection of you know just 10 products in a hyper competitive niche so we were doing single product campaigns for that one yeah yeah awesome okay yeah. so yeah anything else to say about cpc as we move on to acos no i don't i don't think so i mean i'm curious if i feel like we're leaving something out i'm sure there's some questions out there but yeah you know, to... it's it's similar to uh like all of these metrics when you're trying to determine the story of them like why are they what they are it always helps to go through and try to analyze it by different dimensions so like what placements is the cpc being what it is and which kind of targeting types so like you know branded non-branded you know 
so on and so forth. It, it always helps to, to tell a story that way. And, and as we move to many people's, I, don't, I want to say king metric, but I also want to say the villain metric because a lot of people loathe this metric, ACOS, also known as ROAS. ROAS, ACOS. So let's see, if I was to gonna, if I was gonna give a, write a novel on this, um, I would probably want it, hmm. I almost think of like a dragon, you know? Like a, like a dragon from The Hobbit. Maybe a little <clears throat> smog action. Yeah, because mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it's powerful. It could be your friend, but it could also be your foe. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so ACOS, this, I mean, how many, how many of all the time, of all the conversations happening right now, live on some call, talking about ACOS, this is it. Like this is the ultimate, this, if there's any metric, this is the metric to write a novel on because there's so much to be said about ACOS and there's so many stories that are told about ACOS. And like really the whole point of this episode is like trying to look at the pieces to help you tell the right story when you're looking at these metrics. So you open up an account, you know, we're recording this at the end of September, a couple days, it'll be October. You're looking at September's ACOS. Whatever it is, it is 20%, 30%, 40 so on and so forth. doesn't matter. How do you begin piecing together your interpretation of ACOS? Yeah. Um, I just say, I just take one look at it and say, that's either good or bad. Right. <laughs> that's kidding. it. No, uh, kind of going back to what I started alluding to, um, you know, ACOS is really just a function of conversion rates and CPCs or, you know, better yet to strip it down to the bare bones. ACOS is just spend over sales. That's all it is. So if you want to lower your ACOS, you either have to decrease your spend or increase your sales. You know, decreasing your spend, you know, num number of ways you could do that. Negative keywords, decreasing bids, I found to kind of be the fastest, most efficient way or increase your sales, you know, um, either increasing the conversion rates or trying to increase your revenue per click with higher price point items. You know, you should always be using for any brand defense campaign, you know, a quick win, quick win. If you if you have an account, big account with some solid brand recognition and, you know, ACOS is kind of struggling. It's a really competitive niche. Turn your branded, your brand defense campaign into purely focusing on advertising your highest AOV products because you only want to kind of defend those top of search placements from competitors anyways. You're not really trying to close a deal because it's not that important. You're likely going to get an organic sale one way or another. Um, you're just trying to keep competitors off from detracting customers. So you might as well just throw your most expensive products up there, introduce them. And, you know, I've been surprised at how quickly the, you know, average order value just jumps up, you know, by a couple dollars for the whole account when we just kind of shift to that strategy over and, you know, pulls up the brand defense ROAS campaign significantly and gives a nice lift, kind of supporting lift to the account as a whole. So, you know, those kind of quick little wins to either decrease spend or increase your sales, your average order value, your conversion rates. Yeah, that, that's but, the simplest form. Yeah, that's an episode right there, how to optimize your brand defense campaigns. Yeah. Um, that's really that's really cool. So We'll record that episode right after this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so in terms of the stories of ACOS, I always like to look at where the ACOS has changed the most. Like, you know, you look at it, the ACOS has gone up at, at an account wide level. 
I think it's so valuable to be able to like parse that down, like find the individual places where it went up. Um, so that's actually something I'm like working on now of like, how do you prepare a report that basically like lists out what keywords moved up and what keywords moved down so that you can, you can really focus your efforts and look at those like, okay, we have a keyword. It used to be 30% ACoS. Now it's at 40%. And you can sort of help determine like why that is. And if you're able to do that, um, you know, telling the story of an individual keywords, ACoS, you know, obviously starting with the highest priority ones and then working your way through, like that's a really high level of analysis there that you can do where you're isolating things, you're being able to understand why certain ad groups, certain keywords, certain campaigns have made the moves that they have. So you have a campaign, it's individual ACoS went up, you drill down, which ad groups ACoS are now over my threshold. You click into that and then you're into looking at keywords, which individual keywords or targets have gone past my ACoS threshold. So when it comes to ACoS, I really like drilling down and, you know, looking at an account and, you know, let's say your target ACoS is 30% and seeing something that's at 35 and then going in and making, you know, optimization changes, uh, like changing the way that you interpret your entire account is not as good as identifying where the ACoS has gone up and then hitting those areas. Um, I think that's a, the right approach. Then that's generally like, you know, so many of these stories turn into action and this is an easy one to like turn into action of like where's the ACoS not what I wanted to like let me go take care of it yeah going back to the topic of you know client satisfaction I found um that so much of that is just managing client expectations and you know one of the simplest ways to manage that is if you educate your client on um you know the 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 fact that ACoS really just is a matter of conversion rate and CPCs. And you can just show them that like, as PPC managers, you know, what we can control are keywords and bids. And that's about it. Yeah, it gets a little bit more technical with like ad placement stuff, but it's essentially just keywords, bids. What we can't control is we can't control, you know, the consumer, the the, the traffic flows. We can't force them to buy the product. We can't do any of that. So it's really just get relevant keywords, set the max CPC that you can afford within your margins, and then, you know, it's pretty simple and straightforward. So, you know, when ACOS starts rising and all these things, and if you've been doing bid management properly, you just have to sit down with a client, just say, look, here's the ACOS on this keyword because of the conversion rate and because of the CPC. If we want to make this affordable or like, you know, the CPCs that we can't afford are, um, and you know, I'm gung-ho about the, you know, ad badger revenue per click times target ACOS formula for that. So you, you run that formula, show them the performance of the exact match keyword so far, and you say, you know, based off the margins and the ROAS goals, we can only afford a 30 cent cost per click when the keyword's running for a dollar. So we have to make the decision with the, you know, you just tell the client, you say, so we either need to like triple our A cost threshold in order to get after that $1 CPC mm-hmm. and consider it an investment, or, you know, if, if you really want to hit this, this A cost goal on this keyword, we're going to do a 30 cent bid and we'll probably only get a few clicks from, you know, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific time when everyone else is out of budget and we kind of squeak in there at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But if you can explain that to the client and if they can understand it, they're not going to be upset with you anymore over like the ACoS concerns and, you know, pull their uh, (laughs) pull their business because they, they, you know, if, if they don't understand, you just have a 
frustrated PPC manager who's like, my client, you know, has all these asks that aren't making sense. And the client's like, you can't get the performance we want. And at the end of the day, it's if you just make things as simple as they are, tell the story. It's just keywords and bids is all it is, all it is. And the CTR, CVR, CPC, ACOS are all just kind of letting you know how um, how your ads compare relatively. You know, they're all just relative metrics. Um, I, yeah, sorry, that was, I think I went off topic there a little bit, but. No, 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 it makes, it makes total sense, especially, you know, the, the question that gets asked, oh, you know, my ACOS is high for this keyword. Okay, well, we can only afford a 30 cent bid. And then the next question is, well, what happened? Well, if, is that bid too low? Will I still get clicks? Way, you'll, yeah, you'll get way less clicks. Like there's no lever to yeah. pull on to just increase your, there's no lever that a PVC manager can pull on to fix your ACOS other than editing the bid. And of course, you know, I'm simplifying a lot of stuff here, like campaign structure and, you know, all the stuff, campaign placements, they all matter. But like all of that is the same thing. All of that ultimately leads to like, this is the maximum amount that we could pay based off how much revenue this keyword gives us per click. And you, you know, yeah. you, you said that you there was more stuff to it, um, you know, campaign structure, all that stuff. I would argue that like it's not like it really is just keywords and bids campaign structure and all that is just giving you greater control over keywords and better bids, segmentation right? mm -hmm. yeah better segmentation but at the end of the day it's just keywords and bids all roads like lead there yeah uh, and all roads lead to the end of this episode steven thank you so much for coming back on the show i know you're a busy man in california you have so much surfing to do yeah, too much sun to soak up. There's all the sun to, sh to soak up, all those palm trees to sit under and think about if you, we were to personify conversion rate, who would it be? Um, awesome stuff. Um, so yeah, so you are doing Amazon PVC. People should hit you up on LinkedIn if they have any questions for you. Uh, are you still active on LinkedIn? I've like, I've, I've ebbed. And I flowed, but I'm going to start flowing again. I'm going to get a lot more active on <laughs> In terms of LinkedIn. making content? Yeah, finally starting to make more content on LinkedIn. Yeah, I've been, I've been thinking about it. I've been trying to think of a good post, but... You know, the worst, part about, the worst part about it is like, I see people who like haven't ebbed and they just like yeah. have continued to like post on social and it's like, oh yeah. wow, like that's a... Just the constant, constant right. flow. You got to keep yeah. it constant. Just like this yeah, podcast, at week in, week out, no matter what. I don't know, but maybe it, maybe it makes your comments seem so much more like sage if you've, Ooh. you know, if you only post once a year, it's like, wow, Michael's insight for the oh year. My, <laughs> my yearly post. How about that? I could have sworn there was like a social network at one point in time that wanted to like limit how much you can post like you can only post once a week and like that thing was supposed to be like the that's most actually kind of cool yeah. yeah you want to you'd start that as a side gig all right i'll take it up uh well thank you so much steven super appreciate you tune in next week where we have more amazon ppc adventures for you have a good one <laughs>